0: Hello! Hi, everyone! Uh, Welcome to the Legends of Zadia podcast. I'm Amaris, and I'm an accountant. I am Aliette, and I am an assassin. And this week, we watched the first episode of The Dragon Prince, Echoes of Thunder. Now, you have never seen... I have not. You've never seen it before. So what did you think?
1: Um... I thought it was really interesting. It was in a different, like, style. The animation seemed like almost stop motion in places. It was kind of interesting, but I thought they did a really great job with the scenery, especially, like, the animation of the water and of the mountains, and it just, it looked very beautiful. Yeah. a a Um,
0: dreamland. (laughs) So... Normally, we would do predictions before we watch an episode, but last week, we spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to do things. So, <laughs> yeah, so we didn't get to do predictions for the first episode, but um, what were you expecting when, before watching?
1: Honestly, I did not have any expectations to speak of, because I knew nothing about the show. <laughs> I knew there was a dragon and a prince
0: I'd be surprised if you didn't.
1: (laughs) Okay, but to be fair, there actually was not a dragon prince. (laughs) So my first question that I have written down is, why is it called the dragon prince if the dragon prince is dead?
0: (laughs) Hmm, I guess we'll get to that.
1: Oh, so it is answered later on.
0: It is answered later on. Gotcha, It's only the first episode. Cool. So something I wrote down was the six primal sources, and... When I was talking about this with my sister, and it was, like, a while ago, um, I kept forgetting what the six were, and it took me so long (laughs) to remember which ones were which. So, for those of you who don't know, the six primal sources are the sun, the moon, the stars, the earth, the ocean, and the sky. And basically, the primal sources are the six sources of primal magic in Zadia natural magic kind of
1: yeah yeah something that kind of threw me off at first because I was like wait dark magic that's not elemental but then (laughs) so what I'm going to choose to believe is that it's like the dark yeah like
0: yeah that's that's basically what it is it's like the artificial one yeah well that makes sense artificial that's a good word for it yes I believe so too So, so at the beginning, we were introduced to the world of Zadia, and we were introduced by this deep-voiced male, (laughs) which, by the way, for those of you who already know who it is, I love him so much. You don't know who it is yet, and I cannot wait Wait, for you. Wait, does he come back later? Oh, I thought he
1: was just, like, the boring and basic narrator.
0: (laughs) I cannot wait for you to meet him.
1: Alright, audience, so I have no idea who Amoris is talking about, <laughs> but
0: um, that's okay. <laughs> you will find out, and I'm gonna be very excited when you do. <laughs> and then right at the
1: beginning, we met Ezrin, who, how old is he? He's
0: eight. Well, I in thought the, he was like four or five. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in the novel, he's eight. But in the, in the show, like, the script, he's ten, so... Let's compromise. He's nine years old. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, and we also met Callum, who I was very surprised to find out he was 14. (laughs) (laughs) He seems cool.
0: Yeah. What's really cool about him is, if you've seen, have you seen Avatar The Last Airbender?
1: No. Please do not attack me. (laughs) Listeners and amorous.
0: (laughs) Well, for those of you who have seen Avatar The Last Airbender, Jack DeSena plays Sokka, Katara's brother, and he also plays Callum, which I think if you've seen um, The Last Airbender before watching The Dragon Prince for the first time, then you would immediately know that that is Sokka, so that's the first easter egg in this show. Yes. I was slipping through a
1: few of the later episodes, like, just looking at the pictures and the descriptions and stuff, um, uh, and I found a picture of Claudia, right? uh uh-huh. Soren's sister? Yes. And I thought she, I've never seen uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, but I thought that she looked a lot like Azula, is that her name? Azuko's yeah. sister? Yeah. Okay. So is it, like, similar animators or writers or something?
0: Yeah. Um, the creator for The Dragon Prince, his name is Aaron Ehas. He uh, he was a co-producer for Avatar The Last Airbender, which cool. I think kind of gave him the inspiration to have, you know, book one and book two for the seasons, because that's what happened with Avatar. And, like, the elemental powers as well. I was yeah. like, oh,
1: that's definitely got to be, like, in the same ballpark. So, really, they have a lot of similarities, don't they?
0: Yes. There's a couple Easter eggs throughout the show that, you know, Avatar fans <laughs> only would pick up. I, I wanted to point out that Ezrin is played by Sasha Rojan. Well, that's cool. He's,
1: there are parts when I was like, aw,
0: sweet child. And there were
1: others where I was like, demon, demon child. <laughs> like. To Ezrin? Yeah, to Ezrin. Like, <laughs> oh crap, what was it? Um, there's a scene when Callum walks in and he's all like, we gotta go. And I was like mad at Callum because that's like not how you speak to child, but they are siblings, so I can excuse it. (laughs) And Ezrin was like, I'm not gonna talk to you anymore because my life is in danger and I don't, like, I don't know, it kind of bugged me a little. (laughs) But he is a child, so I can move past
0: that. Yeah, he's, he's a, he's a special child. (laughs) So after, after we are introduced to Callum and Ezrin, there's a scene change to a guard uh, going on patrol. A scout. A scout, yes. Going on patrol uh, in the middle of the night. It's raining, and there's thunder and lightning, and... Moon shadow elves. Yes. He hears a noise behind him, and he points his his crossbow to the trees. He's like, who's there?
1: And no one answers, because that would be stupid.
0: <laughs> you know, asking the murderer, who's there? Oh, I know what you're you know, talking show about. Show like... yourself. Like, they expect them to say, Hey, I'm in the kitchen, you want a sandwich? <laughs> yeah, not gonna yeah. happen.
1: Well, but anyway, he sees them when lightning strikes, because mm-hmm. that's how science works. Yes. And... They didn't even flinch. <laughs> <laughs> then there's an epic chase scene.
0: Yes. And then
1: the girl lets him go. She will suffer for this, apparently.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, being a moonshadow assassin as the group is, they're a group of Moonshadow assassins. Um, They are obviously trained to not show mercy to their targets Mm -hmm. and to anyone who tries to stop them. I'm just going to tell you this because it's never going to be mentioned, but it's probably crucial that people know. Not really crucial, but it's like a fun fact. Rayla is 15, and she was expected to take a life, and I, I, I just find that a little... That's true. I had a question written down
1: here on my note sheet. Why (laughs) did they trust her with the job of (laughs) killing the scout? Like, because that's very important to their mission, right? That no one knows that they're coming, Mm -hmm. and they let
0: the 15-year-old take care of that. I, to me, I found, I thought it was more like a, like a trial kind of thing. Like, she had been training to kill Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. That was my, that was my thought too, but then it is still an important mission. So maybe someone else should have been there too. Like, yeah, good job. You murdered someone in cold blood. Level up. Like that kind of thing. But it was just, she was completely solo at 15. (laughs) (laughs) Like Callum, he's almost 15, right? And they're like, I don't know.
0: (laughs) Soren wouldn't let him fight
1: the moon so let him do anything.
0: Yeah.
1: To be fair, he is like prince, whatever. He's not yeah. the crown prince, right? He's, he's just he's not he's just the just crown the prince, prince
0: gotcha. because, as Soren said when we first met him, he's a step prince. So he can't inherit the crown because he's not royal blood. Yeah. So yeah, Rayla lets him go, and um, he immediately warns everyone. Yes. To oh, the surprise of no <laughs> one. <laughs> so yeah, the guard alerts. Viren, Lord Viren, the High Mage of Catullus, um, while he's studying this mirror. And, uh, what I said is, so, I guess, what, what do you think that mirror is about? Cause he was stroking the size of it, not, like, just looking at himself and trying to, you know, fix up his appearance. I didn't even note
1: that, I just <laughs> thought he was just looking at the mirror. So it's important. Ooh. Um <laughs> It's not technically a spoiler because it will
0: come up like
1: soon. <laughs> okay, but it's still a spoiler if it comes it's up. It's not soon. really a spoiler. Alright, well I don't I have no idea what it could be. Maybe it's like a Oh, what else, what am I thinking of? It's like um a, a seer thing, like where you can see other things that are going on in the same place.
0: <laughs> yeah, so the so the guard alerts Lord Virin that there are Moonshadow Assassins within the borders of Catalus. and just the fact alone that there's Assassins, you know, if they were were just normal Assassins, like not Elves, then obviously from the way Harrow reacted, it wouldn't be as much of a big deal, because he mentioned that they fought off Assassins before. Which kind of makes you wonder, like, what kind of king is he that he is
1: used to fighting (laughs) off Assassins? Like,
0: um, well... You don't need to answer that. I'm not going to answer that right now. I'll answer it later. I'll remember this and answer
1: it later. <laughs> uh, what I wrote down about that part is, I also hate getting up early. <laughs> that's all I wrote. I was like, if I was the king and someone tried to wake me up, I would have them executed off the spot. <laughs> so that's my two cents for that scene.
0: He mentioned, He said, how did the scout escape? And I think that's that's pretty... Important because it shows that, you know, oh he he was un- he was unfazed by the mention of assassins, but once he heard Moonshadow assassins, he was like, "Wait, this changes things," you know. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, this is, you know, to someone who hasn't seen it before, you can kind of tell that, you know, things are strange; they're not normal. Yeah, a little out of the ordinary. Yeah. Yeah, so what I wondered
1: is, what prompted them now? How long after this was the- or, like, how long was the events of the series after the murder of Thunder?
0: Um, it's, uh, I'm not- Is it, like,
1: directly after, or is it, like, way after?
0: It's not directly after, like, they did- oh, we killed Thunder yesterday, oh no, these selves are coming today, you know? It's not that. Okay. But it's also not super long ago. Okay. Yeah.
1: Alright, so that means that they've kind of, the elves, so that that probably was a strategic choice on the elves' part, because they didn't attack right after when their defenses are still, like, they're still up in arms about about Zadia. Yeah. Um. So what they decide to do instead is just wait until things kind of settle back down, and of course, Harrow is like... He's just super chill with all of this. He's like, oh yeah, assassins, I deal with those before breakfast. Like that <laughs> kind of attitude, which obviously can only serve them if they're getting careless yeah. in their defenses. So that answers that question.
0: <laughs> After that scene, Harrow asks, what's tonight's moon? And Veeran says, full. And he's like, oh, of course it is, you know. So that's obviously context clues. Yeah. Yes. Full moon is not a good sign when there are moon shadow assassins around. Yeah, and we will find out why later.
1: Well, I can assume why, just that like they have more power. Yeah. When the moon is,
0: is higher, I guess. Oh. What's tonight's moon? You no. Know? Um, I think it's still like a full moon because tomorrow, or er, because <laughs> tomorrow was a full moon. <laughs> no, because <laughs> yesterday was a full moon. It was really bright. I oh. found it very pretty. I did
1: not note the moon. I was watching Ocean's Twelve. <laughs> A very good movie. <laughs> anyway. And then we see a scene that... <laughs> Callum starts the scene off with a bad joke. He goes, today we learn... Wait, not he. Soren starts the. today we learn the art. And he goes, aha, art, that's my thing.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So that was very strange. And then we learn a little bit more about Callum. I didn't take any notes on that scene,
0: did you? Um, I kind of did. I just wrote down another little Easter egg. When Claudia comes in, uh, she's reading a book, you know? Mm -hmm. And I actually first saw this uh, while scrolling through Pinterest. Uh, Basically, what she's reading is a book called Love Amongst the Dragons. And um, you obviously (laughs) wouldn't know what that is. But uh, to our Avatar Last Airbender listeners, you would because it's the play that Zuko's mom, Ursa, would take them to see. Like every year, every summer, they would see the Ember Island Players, and they did a horrible rendition of Love Amongst the Dragons, which kind of makes me think a little bit that Zuko's a theater kid, but... (laughs) (laughs) Emo Zuko. (laughs) Basically. Good for him. Yeah. I got excited about that.
1: (laughs) Since both of us are like part-time theater kids. Yeah. Just part-time, neither of us are like... Part-time big into it.
0: I can read a mean monologue. <laughs> uh,
1: that's about as much as I can do as well.
0: <laughs> I also wanted to take a moment to appreciate Soren because I just thought that even if he was, you know, a little, like, a little mean to Callum during their training session, I also thought that when Claudia came and Callum wanted to impress her, Soren was like, yeah, here, let me help you. was <sighs> He's such a big brother and I love him. <laughs> He seems chill. Yeah. I'm a fan. I mean, my
1: question about Soren is why the heck did they let him lead the mission? Like, same thing with Rayla, like, you're saving the king's life! Um, this is a little bit later, but like, as they're riding off, and he's in charge of the mission, but you see that there are like, older people. Yeah. I assume they've been in the army for longer.
0: Yeah. He is the youngest captain of the Crown Guard ever. Ah, good for him. So it was determined by competence and not really by birth. Pretty much.
1: Because he's Weir Son, is that correct?
0: Yes. Awesome.
1: Yes. Me and Claudia. Um, I did kind of like his and Claudia's relationship at the beginning because he was like, yeah, let her run into the (laughs) tree. That's a good idea. (laughs) Anyways, after that scene, then King Harrow was like, you guys have to go away. Build a dirt man. And they (laughs) were like,
0: no. No, but okay. No, but okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then... Did you have any notes about that scene?
0: Yeah. Um, I wrote down the look of doubt that Callum had. Basically what happened was after, you know, uh, Harrow told them that they were going to the Banther Lodge that, that night before, mm-hmm. before sundown. Yes. <laughs> 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 there we go. Uh, Ezrin was just, you know, he was very confused. Obviously being the younger child, he's probably open more to asking questions and questioning orders, you know, Mm -hmm. as much as I love him. And Callum is obviously going to, he's obviously going to take Harrow's side because even though he's his stepson, he is Ezrin's father as well. So he knows that he's, he knows what he's doing. He obviously has a plan. So you have, you know, I have to trust that he's right, you know. So he's going to take his side and convince Ezrin in his own way not as a parental figure, but as a brother, even if it's just a stepbrother, to convince Ezrin to go. He really impressed the seriousness of the situation onto Ezrin. But even after convincing Ezrin, you know, oh, it's going to be okay, we're just going to be there for a while, you know, he still had that look of doubt, like there's something the king isn't telling him, and it's obviously, the situation is obviously more dire than he's letting on. Yeah.
1: I yeah. think that he does figure it out, though, after he hears... Soren's conversation. How he heard it from the courtyard, I don't know. (laughs) But he did, and so it, but it really says a lot for his courage that he was just like, okay, well I botched my sword fighting lesson today, but (laughs) I still have a duty to my kingdom and to Mm -hmm. my stepfather and to like just in general. He did not even hesitate to like put on armor and get going. Yeah. And then he didn't let him, which, good move on Soren's part. Good on you, Soren, but it's the thought that counts, right?
0: Yeah, and I also I also like how he was still keen on making, on trying to make a difference at least, even though he knew that he wasn't a soldier, he was an artist. Mm-hmm. He was still keen on trying to protect his stepfather. Like, not even his birth father, his stepfather. Someone who took him in willingly, and, yeah. Showed him love. I wanted to mention something. Uh Soren and Claudio were talking to Viren, and you know Soren's like so you mean they're going to they're going to kill the king but then you know Viren slams the windows and he's like discretion boy <laughs> Yeah I hate Viren. so much Why <laughs> for for the longest time I have hated him and there's a good reason why Actually there's a few good reasons and they will be further explained as we go deeper into this world, um, I thought he was a good, like, yes,
1: he was a harsh as a father, but good, good leader.
0: Yeah. You'll find okay. out, you'll find out more. Um, I cannot wait for you to find out more, because, um, uh, in my three hours of <laughs> Dragon Prince lore research yesterday, um... A lot of, <laughs> a lot of hours. Yes. <laughs> It made me very happy. Um, I figured out some things that kind of somewhat justify Viren's actions a little bit. Not completely, because I don't think there's any way you can truly justify exactly what he does. You will understand. But this is also why I told you about the novel. Because at first, Yeah. yeah, at first I thought the novel was just like, oh, this is just season one, but in words, you know, I wasn't keen on reading it, because I already knew what happens in season one, but then I, I did, during my research, I found out that there's a lot of subplots in the book that aren't mentioned in the series, and they're actually canon to the show, so maybe, maybe we'll read it. Maybe. If we find time. Yeah, if we can get the time, both of us are students. Yes. Yes. We go uh, to
1: school. We go to school. That's why we're students. Um, <laughs> after that, there's um, like the hunting scene, right? And yes. they go and find the elves. And so, actually, the trick that they pulled, that the elves pulled with the like turning themselves into trees, it made me think of a real life person, like historically. Uh, when the British, because <laughs> it's always the British, when the British were trying to uh, take over the. Like Jamaica, in that area, then there was a woman called, her name was Nanny of the Maroons, kind of, on Jamaica, and so she had, she fought for years against the British, against that colonialism, whatever, Um, and so I thought of a trick that she pulled, she would disguise her her men as trees, but not in like a Macbeth way, like they just hold branches in front of their faces, but like (laughs) it was so effective that according to legend, British soldiers would hang their coats on a tree, only to be killed by that tree moments later. Wow. And so that was just, it made me think of that right away, and so
0: cool legends there, I guess. Um, it would be pretty cool if the creators had that in mind while they made this scene.
1: Yeah, that would be cool. I don't think yeah. they did, because it's Maybe not a very not. well-known <laughs> story as far as I know, but at least I'd never heard of it, but I'm not Jamaican, so.
0: And they used in order to track the, the moon shadow elves magic, they used the Archangel Lunaris, which is a giant moth. And I like the joke that Soren made.
1: <laughs> Some moon sweaters.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, that was that was interesting. It made me wonder where did they get one of why do they have one of those on hand? Like is this is the threat of moon shadow elves like are there other moon creatures
0: out there that... um So, elves aren't the only things, elves aren't the only creatures that have a connection to a primal source. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also other types of creatures, like other variations of, like, say, lions or birds or things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, You'll find out more about that as we get, you know, deeper into the story. Yeah, I'm not really sure how Viren came across the Archangel. It's not really mentioned after that, but if I had to guess... I think he stole it. Like kidnapped it. <laughs> so who had it? Then? I think he was just like minding it from... its own business and he just oh, came out I and started it. catching butterflies.
1: <laughs> That's a fun image. Yes. And like, this will come in handy, I am sure. <laughs> and just kept one
0: Yeah, as a pet. Because remember in the intro when dark magic was introduced, the narrator said that dark magic uses the essence of magical creatures. Um, so yeah. Dark magic is when human mages take the magic out of creatures that already have a connection with a primal source, and taking their essence and their magic is the equivalent of draining their souls. So basically what they're doing is what Dementors do in Harry oh. Potter. Uh. Yeah. Enjoy Today that image. <laughs> death. Don't like that.
1: Yeah. So they got the moth. I think They just left it there. There was the one guy. Does that one guy ever come back? The one that stayed behind? Like, huh, something's going on here. Oh, that guy? Yeah. Does he ever show up again?
0: Yeah. He he makes, like, little cameos. Oh, good for him. Yeah. (laughs) So, the moth brings them to the camp, and Runan uses his necklace um, to cast a spell, and the spell was Mystica Arbora. And you know Latin, right? I took Latin for a bit. Yes. Would you say that just based off of that spell, that would be Latin? Yes. Yes, I thought so. Arbor,
1: for those that don't know, I'm fairly sure all of you listeners will know this, but arbor is Latin for tree, and it's kind of, or arborist, depending on how you conjugate your noun, because apparently they do that in Latin, but (laughs) anyway, so it probably just meant like magical tree or something along those lines, but...
0: So yeah, they turned their entire camp into trees, and they managed to disguise themselves from uh, Soren and the guards. But as soon as, you know, as soon as they left, and that, that one guy, that one soldier stayed behind, and was just like, mm, things are pretty strange, you know? That was the guy that's supposed to be dead, so as soon as he just stayed there, and... Because remember, in the beginning, Rayla was supposed to kill him? Oh, yeah, everybody yeah, 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 yeah. everybody, oh, yeah, got yeah, a look at yeah. his face. Okay, you're yeah, right. And to see that he's still alive, as soon as they left, you know, everyone is just thinking, you know, Rayla lied to us, and she put us all in danger. Yeah. Which, again, they should not
1: have let the 15-year-old to take <laughs> care of such an important job. But, anyway, so then Rayla gets in trouble,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the episode ends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's, like, a lot of backstory my question is that who's the real villain there you could say it was the assassins but even like Rayla as one of the assassins she she has a conscience and so she's so she's a main character as well so I think I'm sure we will find a villain later on
0: yeah right now it's
1: just character versus self right
0: yeah pretty much right now in the first episode you could say anyone is the villain yeah, it just make a strong argument
1: for whoever. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's all about perspective. I wanted to talk about the, um, I, I think we forgot to talk about this scene uh, at the beginning, where they bound themselves with the, with the magic rope. Mm-hmm. Yes, I really like that scene. <laughs> a lot. It's, I don't know, it's just, it's like the first bit of, because it's technically a ritual, so it's like the first bit of elven culture that we get
1: Yeah, I did think it was really interesting as well, um, I liked that there was a formula for the words, and it was, it was very powerful, like, what they were saying, like, what they were pledging to their cause, Mm -hmm. and why they were pledging them. So they said, like, I would give my blood for justice, I think one of them said. Yeah. So, even if they are assassins, and they did say that they didn't take lives lightly. Yes. So even if they are assassins, they do have very high morals, and they believe, why they are assassins, they're doing it for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. And it makes it so that they can't really be considered the villains.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. They believe that what they're doing is right.
1: Yeah. Or at least, like, for the greater good, kind of.
0: Yeah. You know, a king yeah. for a king. King for a king, exactly. And a yeah. prince for a prince. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was, that was the first episode of the Dragon Prince, what did you think?
1: I thought it was good. I think, here's one prediction I have written down. I think Harry was gonna die. Keep your face neutral.
0: <laughs> I can't.
1: I'm fairly sure he's going to die. I can't do it. <laughs> but, anyway, yeah, that's all about all of my notes.
0: Yeah.
1: Good episode
0: mm-hmm. of a good show. Yeah. What do you think's gonna happen to Rayla? Cause obviously everyone's really upset at her and we don't really know what we don't really have that much knowledge about elven culture at this moment so we don't know what her punishment will be for putting them all in danger
1: yeah so in the description of the of episode number two it says that she tries to make her mistake right Um. so I'm not quite sure how she's going to be punished but I think she will be punished by them and then she'll like flee off. Have you ever seen The Sword in the Stone? Um, By Disney? Okay, well, there's a scene where Arthur, like, yes, King Arthur, that Mm -hmm. one, he forgets his older brother's sword when they're at a tournament, and he goes, no, 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 okay, it's okay, I'll make it right, And so he tries to punish him, like, kind of beating him up, and then he runs off to find him a different sword. Um, so that's kind of what I think, it's a similar thing, like, Yes, they're going to, like, punish her physically, mentally, emotionally, I don't know. Yeah. But something like that. And then she's going to run off, like, strike out on her own to try and make it right.
0: Okay. What about Callum and Ezra? What do you think is going to happen with those two?
1: Well, my guess would be that they aren't... Well, they're not really the main targets. The main target is the king. So they're not going to be in very much danger. Yeah. So, but they're not going to make it to the lodge, even if they just leave before sundown. I guess I don't know, like, the geography and stuff, so it could be, like, next door. But... Uh,
0: yeah, it's, it's like, uh, it's like us going skiing, so it's, like, going to take a while. Yeah, so that's, that's a few hours yeah. away, and so... Like, we go by car, so they just have yeah, to exactly. walk by horse. Gonna take them I have longer to walk by horse. <laughs> I have to walk by horse, um, so, so yeah. Yeah, I don't think the I whole think point it's was, was to just targets. get them out. Yeah, yeah. I will tell you this: each assassin was bound with two ribbons, one on each wrist. The rule is, each ribbon represents one goal. So if there's two ribbons that they're bound with, there's two targets. Huh. And the other is Ezra? Yes. Okay, so he is a mate. Well, yeah. That's unfortunate. Because, yeah, not only are they taking revenge for Thunder, but they're also taking revenge for the mercilessly killed Dragon Prince. Yes. So, obviously, they're gonna... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which kind of makes me wonder if Callum would inherit the throne yeah. if both of them died. He seems like the logical choice, mm-hmm. since he is a prince, if not like... Yeah, he's like the closest thing. Yeah,
1: but then, uh, given what you've told me about how Lord Mearan is not a good person, it might be that he would try and take power.
0: It's yeah, it's kind of complicated.
1: So for we'll find out more. for the Moonshadow Elves to defeat Harrow and Ezran, it would make it both. It would like bring instability to the kingdom as well. Yeah. Clever, clever.
0: Yes. So episode two is called "What Is Done." And that's what we'll be watching this week, taking notes. And next week we'll be talking about that. Yep. Yep, I am very excited. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. All right.
1: Well, thank you all for listening. Yes. And tune back in next week for episode two
0: of What is Done. Yes. I'm Amaris. And I'm Alliette. We're signing off. Keep eating bread sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye everyone.
1: Bye.